Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the PJ Podcast. I'm your host, PJ Harding. Thanks for being here. If you have listened to the show before, you dig it, please leave a review wherever you're listening, uh, whether it's on Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Mucho appreciated. On the show this week, uh, continuing on with the theme of a bit of woo-woo. Um, it won't always be like this, but I thought, look, let's go back to back. After Molly Jane last week, we're chatting with Jordana Levine, who is based in Byron Bay, and she's the host of a bunch of successful podcasts, including Higher Love, which is a warm, witty, and practical way of connecting with astrology. Uh, she's also written a number of books on manifestation and attracting more love into your life. And in this episode, we chat about the significance of March astrologically, because we did touch on this with Hannah Carrera earlier this year. And we also dive into the Saturn return. When can you expect yours and what's in store? Uh, we also ch- chat about Giordano's rule for manifestation, which is a lot more practical than others that are floating around. And we also have a bit of an analysis on my chart. I try and not get too carried away, but it is quite interesting. So um, I hope you enjoy this week's set with Giordana. Jordana, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I know you've had a bit of a rough morning, so I hope that this can be like a nice little fun escape after what you've been through. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was not so fun. I just, for everyone listening, I had no power this morning and then followed that up with no gas. So Yay. no water. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. The day can only get better from here. Right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so I've got you on to talk about a myriad of things. You, you've got a, mm. a background in journalism, don't you? So yeah. how did you start out? Uh, it's so funny. My background's actually food journalism, which is even more hilarious because how did I end up here? I, I studied journalism because I was an avid writer at school and that's all I was allowed to do according to the careers counsellor. Um, so I became a journalist and I actually thought I was going to be like quite a serious journalist when I was studying. I thought I was going to be like an investigative journalist because uh, I'm quite curious. But some how I ended up in an internship at Gourmet Traveler magazine, which is a food mag. And then I just stayed there for like, not at Gourmet Traveler, but in food for 10, 12 years. And um, 
just got over it one day. You know, you sort of get to the top of where you're meant to go. And I left and started freelancing and writing for myself. And I just ended up writing about wellness and spiritual things. Amazing. And And since you've done that, have you been like, oh my God, I can actually make like a living out of this? Was it quite hard at the beginning because it was probably, was it more of like an actual hobby or an interest that you had in your own life and you're like how can I incorporate this into yeah I don't know it's so weird I don't really know no I didn't think that that was not my thought pattern at all I was brought up quite spiritual I had a very spiritual mum my dad was quite conservative um, but mum was a bit of a hippie and it was just part of my upbringing so I didn't even think of it as something different if you know what I mean. Yeah. I had an idea for a book. I guess this is where it all started. I had an idea for a book, which was my first book, Make It Happen. I just pitched it to a publisher, hoping that maybe they'd think it was interesting and they loved it. But it's very much in the zeitgeist at the moment. It was about manifestation. That was in 2018. And they were like, we love it, but can you write it in eight weeks? And I was like, Sure. What I mean, you're not going to say no, right? So I was like, yeah, okay. So I did that. And then I guess from there, everything just started to fall into place. That's amazing. Like eight weeks is a very short time. Do you feel like you got to give it your all and you're, you're really happy with how it turned out? I actually do think that. There's a part of me, I read that book now and I don't remember writing parts of it. So I feel like... Because I had no time to think. It just channeled itself in. Well, I want to talk to you about manifesting and it's a theme that has come up on this podcast quite a bit. But before we do that, um, another topic that you're quite well versed in now is astrology. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm very astrologically curious. I still, there's still so much I don't understand, but I thought we could talk about the month of March on the show. It's a big one. And, And when I did the astrology forecast earlier this year, with a friend of the show, March was definitely ringing alarm bells. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> now yeah. we're here. Can you explain why this is bringing up so much stuff for a lot of people? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff shifting in March. So, you know, we've got all these planets in the sky and the sun and the moon and Mercury, Mars and Venus, they're all quite fast moving planets. So they change signs every few months. I mean, the, the sun every month, the moon every few days is changing signs. And then Mercury, Venus and Mars at different speeds, but they usually only stay within a sign for a couple of months. The outer planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, Pluto, are a lot slower moving. So when they do change signs, there's a definite shift in energy. And this month, we've got two of the big players changing signs. So Saturn just shifted into Pisces after being in Aquarius for two and a half years. And then later this month, we've got Pluto moving into Aquarius. And it hasn't shifted signs for like 20 years. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's it's a yeah, it's a shift in energy and it's felt collectively. It's not purely based on what's going on in your own chart. I've felt it particularly the last couple of weeks. I I was like really it's almost like I hit a wall and then things have just felt overwhelming and also like a lot of insecurities come up. And I was mm-hmm. listening to you talk about this and apparently there's a real critical internal voice that has been quite a theme. Is that right? Through this time? Yeah. Well, this is the Virgo full moon that we've just had, right? So at the stage of recording this, the moon will have moved out of Virgo, but it's what what happens is during a season, which is when the sun is in an astrological sign, we Mm -hmm. are in Pisces season at the moment, right? 
And then when we have the full moon, the moon is opposite the sun. So it's in the opposing sign. So there's opposing energies. And that's why full moons particularly always feel so big, right? And the reason that this particular Virgo full moon felt so big was because it was an hour before Saturn moved into Pisces. So it came with all the Saturn energy as it was moving signs. And the energy of Saturn is karma. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that word because people hear of karma and you instantly think of bad karma, right? right. But there's actually right. good karma and there's, there's so much more to it than just what people perceive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, karma, the idea of karma is like, oh, I mean, I'm not sure what the actual definition of it, but the idea <laughs> of karma is that if you put in the work, you get rewarded for that. So if you act mm. in integrity, then there's a reward on the other side of that. Or if you are ignoring your lessons and like going through life with a blindfold on, then in Saturn's case, it's going to come around and like slap you in the face because <laughs> it's known as the disciplinarian of the planets or the school principle, I like to call it. And it's going to try and teach you that lesson again, which is why I'm sure you've heard of your Saturn return. Mm -hmm. Saturn return is when transiting Saturn comes to the exact same place as it was when you were born. And that's when you have these like deep, deep lessons in life that set up your foundations for the next part of your life, which is your thirties, basically. Are you, have you, where are you in relation to your Saturn return? I'm 38. So I had my Saturn return... 10 years, like, yeah, 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, you look so young. Sorry, I don't know if that's appropriate to say that. You can tell me that all you want. Thank you so much. Very useful. I don't have kids, that's probably why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Um, it's crazy, just the set of return when I first learned about that. And like, Yeah, do you know what, what was going on for you during yours? You were you would have been about 29. Yeah, my father passed away. Interesting. And it was heavy. It was it was Yeah, it was just, and then I was doing long distance, but that was actually awesome. We were doing long distance from New Zealand to Australia and then COVID happened and then I left a job, um, really, really big job that was a big part of my identity and (laughs) yeah. Right, yeah, your Saturn is in the first house, which is identity, right? So I imagine that the change of job, the loss of your father, all Mm -hmm. impacted how you saw yourself, how you expressed yourself, had you questioning like, who am I now? Big time. Right. And that's what Saturn does. If anyone has their natal Saturn in Pisces, you guys are going into your Saturn return, right? It's not for the entire time Saturn's in the sign, although you will feel it for that entire time. There's like um, very specific time periods of your Saturn return. For some people, it's a month. For other people, it's a few months. So it'll depend. It's good to have like a a natal chart reading to find out exactly when your Saturn return is. But what happens at those times, like I said before, is the lessons come in thick and fast. Sometimes they're really fun and rewarding lessons, like a new job or whatever it might be. But most of the time it's a bit of tough love from Saturn. It is. And like, it's not specifically because like, I feel like mine started around when I was like 28, maybe. Yeah. Around that, or maybe end of 27 28 years old how do people know exactly when it's going to come do they need the natal chart reading or can you kind of do there's a calculator online you can do if you type in saturn return calculator but really? yeah if i look at your saturn it's at 19 degrees of capricorn so saturn was in capricorn until november 2020 so i'm thinking like early 
ish 2020 or like quarter of a way through 2020. Does that sound right? Well, actually, that's just before I, yes, I actually think so. Because my dad passed at the end of 2019. I'm going to do a live calculation. Okay, let's see. 2021 is when I left my job, but I think 2020 was definitely when I had that big overhaul, big shift. And that's when I sort of started considering, you know, a big move. Yeah. Da, 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 the big reveal. No. Okay. So I was off. I was off. There must've been a retrograde in there somewhere. So yeah, you were 28 turning 29. It yes. was between March, 2019 and December, 2019. Whoa. And that's when my dad passed away in yeah. September, 2019. Yeah. That's, that's it. So it was March to, oh my gosh, I've never had such a specific reading. I kind of just thought it was around those few years because it was intense, but yeah, so it's different for everybody. You you can have it from the age of 28 until some people have it when they're 30, but it's usually about 29. It just depends what Saturn's doing because it can speed up and slow down and go retrograde and go forward. So it depends what was happening that year for you. Well, I've just realized actually speaking about this might intimidate people and make them fearful of going into that time. It's not a time to be afraid. It doesn't mean someone's going to no. die or anything. No, no, you no. Know, but it, it's, it's the time that they say develops you into like a true adult, isn't it? Like where you really yeah. kind of mature. Right. And then you have a second one in your late fifties. Oh oh, but- midlife crisis, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sort of just after the midlife crisis. The midlife crisis I think happens when Pluto squares Pluto, which happens around the age of 40. Your second Saturn return is more sort of like, well, maybe not these days with the interest rates, but it was the time when we retired, right? Um, And it's sort of setting you up for slowing down in life. If you've lived life well and you've learnt your lessons along the way, then there's this really sort of rewarding retirement that is ahead of you. So it's all about lessons again. And like if you ignore the, the constant themes that come up and challenge you throughout life and if you push them to the side, then they'll whip you in the face. Right. And this is Saturn in general, right? So if people know anything about their natal chart, like if Saturn, which it is for you, Saturn sits right on your ascendant line. So Saturn comes with, it's very, it's a very self-disciplined planet, right? It's all about self-discipline and responsibility and karma. Is that my, is that mine in my life? Yeah, so it sits right on your ascendant line. So like, would you classify yourself as quite a hardworking, responsible, dutiful person? See, I didn't used to, but as I've got older, I think mm. I, I would probably, I probably would associate with that. And I've, yeah. I've learned that as I've got older as well. Yeah, discipline and routine is actually more important to me than I would like to imagine. I've always yeah. thought I'm kind of like a fly by the Seat of what is that saying? Yeah, fly by the seat of my pants. Seat of my seat of my pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, sort of really spontaneous and stuff. But actually, um, I think I work better with a bit of water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would that correlate? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, you have a Capricorn rising, and you've got a Taurus moon, and all a Taurus moon is seeking is comfort, stability, and security. And routine is what gives us that, right? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I always thought that Tauruses were quite grumpy. Oh, no. (laughs) Isn't it because they've got like the, they can get really like angry? Um, (laughs) No. But do you find yourself yourself getting quite angry? No, but 
again, because I've got older, like I have found there is like this little fiery side to me that I was never yeah. aware of. There is a fiery side to you because you're, I mean, you're, yeah. a Leo, you're a Leo son. So Leo's yeah. a fire sign, but your son makes an exact what we call square, which is a certain aspect in your chart with Mars, which is the fiery planet, right? So there is this potential in you to... Well, a nice way of putting it is like be quite impulsive. Another way of putting it is to, there's a fine line between assertion and aggression sometimes. And that's just like when it's a bit hard to keep you cool sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I look back on my earlier years where I've always kind of been a real people pleaser and quite nice and I'd toe the line and stuff. And now as I have, I, I wonder if this was a lesson I learned through Saturn Return that I do have these other layers. Is that kind of what happens? You sort of start peeling back layers of yourself as you get older and you're like, well, actually, hang on. Yeah. And especially for you with Saturn in the first house. Right. Yeah, Yeah, because that's your identity zone. That's your identity house. Wow. Okay, I don't want to be too (laughs) self-indulgent with my chart, but but what did come up? Do you identify as a Leo? Like your your son is in Leo in the eighth house. Yeah. Big time. What do you what do you resonate with when you know what you know about Leo energy? Um, I just think of Leo energy as quite like, I guess big. Uh, oh my gosh, now it's all gone. Like, but passionate. Um, I would say quite attention seeking, not attention seeking, but you know, like, yeah. I like to probably be, I like the to be star. in the spotlight. I like to be in the spotlight. I mean, I can't yeah. really hide that part. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. sort of what I really think of and fiery. But again, I didn't used to identify as the fiery side. And now as I'm getting older, I'm sort of feeling that a bit more. Yeah, I got to say, like, Leo as a sign is more, as a fire sign, is more about playfulness and warmth and joy. Whereas, like, Aries and Sagittarius, which are the other fire signs, are more about action and diving in and, Mm. you know, like, being quite spontaneous. Joy and play are words that I really resonate with, yeah. Okay, that's good because the mm. aim of Leo as a sign is joy, yeah? Great. It's joy. That's what we're aiming for in life as a Leo. Everything comes from heart energy. And also Leo um, is ruled by the sun, so the idea of Leo is it like solarizes everything. You bring light and energy to those okay. around you and also to yourself, yeah. And the strategy for Leo is creativity and play, Yeah. Adults mm-hmm. find it really hard to play. How do you go being playful? Yeah, I enjoy playfulness. I need more yeah. playfulness in my life, actually. Like I definitely find sometimes I need play, but I also like to preserve my energy and that's the projector in me for going into human design. Are you a projector? Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love a fellow projector. Yeah. yeah. So I, as you know, like I need to preserve my energy. So sometimes too much. Right play or social time I need to just retreat yeah and there's another reason for that so in your chart you've actually got quite a bit of cancer energy and it's all in your seventh house which is the house of relationships and it's opposing a lot of Capricorn energy right because they're opposing signs and we can say a lot of things about cancer but one thing we can say about them is that they love to be at home they love to withdraw their energy and recharge yep. on their yes. own at home in oh a sanctuary. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Like dream yeah. weekend is like having a full day just to chill out, whether it's bath, have nice music, like just get in my zone, do some slow cooking. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like for you because you've got your uh, Venus in Cancer, that's 
a form of self-love for yourself, right? And likely yeah. love for your family. Mm, you know, it's like this real way of it, there's beauty in that for you. Can you see in the chart? Because I know like you can predict when you've got like a Saturn in return. Is, yeah. Are there any like, can you see if there's any turbulence ahead or peaks and troughs or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, I can when I do like a transits and progressions reading. Oh, okay. But right now I've just got your natal chart up, so I can't see what's happening around you. But one thing we can have a look at is, okay, so your third house is ruled by Pisces. And actually Pisces falls completely in your third house, which is pretty cool. So with Saturn moving into Pisces, the Saturn energy you're going to be feeling, which is quite mm. interesting as a podcaster, is going to be around communication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this can be really great, right? Because Saturn is the hardworking planet. It's the planet that gets shit done. Um, and so Good. it's moving into your communication zone and communication is what you do for a living. So yeah. I think it's actually going to be quite a good few years for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I've, and you, I've had a lot of self-doubt over the last week. So thank you. I needed to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Pluto is going to be moving into – it's going to start off in your first house and then it's going to go backwards a bit. So um, identity, again, maybe Ooh. some transformation happening. Really? Yes, Pluto – I mean, Pluto's – Pluto is a wild planet. Um, it can bring a lot of intensity. You have quite a bit of Pluto energy in your natal chart, actually, because it's squaring your sun, which brings a bit of intensity to the personality sometimes. Do you feel that? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It can also sort of speak to yeah, having various life changes throughout your life, like transforming yourself. Yeah. I feel like I thrive on transformation. Yeah, you, you actually do. That's good. I thrive on change. It's so important that you do. There's two reasons for that. The first reason for you is that your son is in the eighth house mm -hmm. um, and the eighth house is the Scorpio house. So it's all about transformation. Pluto mm -hmm. is the Scorpio planet. So it's also about transformation. So you've got your son in the eighth house and you've also got Pluto squaring your son. So it's bringing that in two ways. Now, if you weren't cool with transformation, Polly, I'd struggle. you would, well, you'd be destructive, right? It's like, I don't like this and I'm going to tear myself down, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's really good that you can embrace that. And I always say to people with Pluto aspects or eighth house aspects, if you feel intensity turning into obsession or jealousy or drama, mm. it's really important that you find a way to channel that. And I think the best way to channel it is through creative outlets. Yes, I've been told that before. I find I get really obsessive mm. over having to do things as well, but then I get really frustrated if, if I can't achieve said things. I don't know if this is just where I'm at in my life, but it's like really overwhelmed with trying to do this, 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 this. Um, so I wonder if channeling energy that would come, but then I find writing is really, really therapeutic. Yes, that's same. I also have a hard Pluto <laughs> aspect and yeah. I just channel everything through my writing. Yeah, see, I need to yeah. do that. I've just found it hard since having a baby, finding the time, but right. eventually that's where I want to get to. Well, this is it. So this is what I was trying to say before with your chart with that cancer energy. So you've got all this cancer energy, which is like home, family life, being in touch with your emotions, wanting to sort of retreat. And then you've got 
Capricorn on the other side, which is your rising sign, your Saturn, your Neptune and your Uranus are all in Capricorn as well. And it's this real sort of hardworking, wanting to produce great works, act in integrity, be the master of everything that you do, right? Yeah, so the work-family balance for you is going to be a theme throughout your life and for you it's trying to find trying to find that balance. Yeah, because it's like I went away from a job that was very much dominating my life and now I've probably gone to the other end where I'm family dominated and I love it and I love mm-hmm. both so much, you know, which I'm, I'm sure is a big thing for so many people. But, but yeah, I, I think yeah. wrestling it, well, not wrestling it, not looking at it like that, but mastering Balancing, the two yeah. is going to be a challenge. <laughs> do you... um? Do you feel like you're quite psychic? Um, I mean, I've I've always been quite open to that, yes. I mean, my grandmother used to, um, I think, I don't know, just like because she'd always tell stories about her, the ghosts that used to live with her. So I've always been very open and, yeah, I don't know if I'm entirely psychic, but I definitely get gut feelings about that. Yeah, intu- intuitive is probably um, a sensible yes. way to say yes. it. Yeah. Do you feel quite intuitive, like you just know things sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got Uranus and Neptune. For anyone born, I think it's between, I'm not sure the exact dates. I think it's 88 to 90, 1990. Mm -hmm. Uranus and Neptune were conjunct each other. And for you, it's in the 12th house. They're the two psychic antennas of the of the planets, right? And when you put them in the 12th house, it just like amplifies this psychic energy. And so when I see Neptune and Uranus hanging out in the 12th house together, it says to me, this person is incredibly in tune. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. Do you tell that to a lot of people though? No. Is that, is, <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? I mean, I tell a lot of people that their Neptune and Uranus are conjunct each other, but it's not always in yeah. the 12th house for people. I'm always drawn to psychic stuff. Like I just am. Like I just, yeah. nothing is too out the gate for me. Neptune's quite spiritual and it's picking up on like subtle feeling energy. It's almost like such a level of empathy that you can read the energetic vibrations of someone, right? Whereas Uranus is more like this, or people people can't see me, but like picking up on data, right? It's like this psychic antenna in the universe just like picking up on all the information, yeah. Wow. I do feel like I will be affected by other people's energy quite easily. Yes. Yeah. That's also your cancer stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So any of the water signs, and this is good for your son whose chart we looked at before we hopped on here. He's a Virgo. Yeah. He's a Virgo, but he's got a cancer moon, which mm. is going to make him highly intuitive and a Scorpio rising, which is going to make him very psychic, a bit scary psychic. Oh my so gosh. with the water signs, like people who are listening, who have water signs, they're highly absorbent. Water signs are like a sponge, right? And so they're the, they're the intuitive, um, instinctive, empathetic, sympathetic signs of the Zodiac. But what that means is that they're also just picking up on everyone's energy all the time Mm -hmm. much like being a projector right like as a projector you've got all these open centers and you're just absorbing that's what the water signs are doing as well so I'll probably relate to him on that note quite a bit yeah which is great it's great that you have that cancer in your chart 
I feel like I'm being too self-absorbed now. I want to self-indulgent. I would love to know all about my houses and my whole chart. But let's talk about some other things which you've obviously written about and spoken about. Yeah. Manifestation. It's a passionate topic of mine. Yeah. And I just, I love learning all about it. I yeah. like to think I know a bit about it, but tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> Someone who wants um, to manifest the life of their dreams. What's yeah, your how do they do it? First of all, I think it's really important to note that I am like Miss Practical, Logical, Rational Gal. I write about spiritual things. I host a podcast about astrology, but I am very practical. Like I said to you before, I grew up with a hippie mom and a conservative dad, and I kind of took on both of their personalities and their traits. So I really approach manifestation from a very practical perspective. And when I wrote my first book, Make It Happen, I wanted to make it super digestible for everyone. So for people who were like really familiar with manifestation and then for like complete newbies who were like, I don't know about this thinking good thoughts shit. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I came up with what I call the manifestation equation. And basically it goes like this, thoughts plus feelings plus action plus faith equals successful manifestation. And it's only when all four parts of the equation are working together does manifestation become easeful. Interesting, because I've only known of the two things. I've known okay. about the, the thoughts and the feelings. Yeah, which is great. And you can probably get a few things done with thoughts and feelings, <laughs> but <laughs> action and faith adds dimension and layers to it, right? The action piece is like, if you want to make something happen, what are you going to do about it? Like get up off your ass and do something, right? Because for me, listening to things like The Secret, you know, reading The Secret, watching The Secret, and just thinking I had to think good thoughts and good things would come my way didn't make any sense to me. Also because I am, I'm not a pessimist at all. I am an optimist, but we all have negative thoughts, right? And I didn't really like the idea that that a negative thought would create a negative outcome. I was like, oh, I don't feel quite right. And also there was a study done at Michigan University that said 80% of our thoughts are untrue. And I think it was 85% of our thoughts are just repeats of the thoughts we had the day before. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that something very similar. And then I'm like, well, if you can't control that, how are you controlling your thoughts, which then controls your outcomes? Right. What we can do is when we set an intention for something we want to manifest in our life, we can align our thoughts with that intention and catch ourselves when we're having thoughts that don't align with that intention. For example, I want to manifest a new partner. Meanwhile, your thoughts like, I'm never going to meet anyone. There's no one out there. You know, how am I? And it's catching yourself in those moments and thinking, okay, I'm going to stop speaking to myself like that. And I'm going to believe that I am worthy and deserving of meeting an incredible new partner. And that's sort of how the, I mean, that's definitely how the thoughts play into it, right? Yeah. Then with the, the feeling side of it, it's based on this universal law called the law of vibration, which mm. is a really cool law. It basically states, Everything in the universe vibrates on its own frequency and things with a similar frequency are drawn together. And the best way to change your vibration, your frequency is through feelings, right? So the idea is you set an intention. How is manifesting that new partner going to make you feel? And can you start to feel those feelings now? 
Because the idea is if you can vibrate on that frequency now, you're going to start to attract a similar vibration. Yes. The action part says get up off your ass and go on a date because they're not going to walk into the house <laughs> without you doing that. This is the part that I feel is missed out. Right. Yeah, That's part. the part that annoyed me. Nobody spoke yeah. about the action part. And the action part is important because you've got to play a role in your life. And it's kind of arrogant to think that you don't. Yeah. Sit back and just let everything take care of itself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, but we also have to stop being a bunch of control freaks and have mm. a little bit of faith and yes. surrender to the bigger plan and also know that we are being supported by something greater than us. I call it the universe. You can call it God. You can call it whatever you want, creator. I joke in the book, you can call it Freddie Prince Jr. if you want. It oh doesn't really God, matter. Oh, my God, what a babe. What a babe. <laughs> I mean, he did age. Didn't age so well, but that's all right. Uh, everyone ages. It's a normal part of life. Um, <laughs> but it's this idea of, Letting go, you know, we can't control everything. So we can align our thoughts. We can feel the way we want to feel. We can take some action steps, but we also have to trust. We have to have faith. We have to let go. Because that's a really important part of the equation. And why is it so important that we do let go? And the moment that you stop worrying and fretting and stressing so much, why does that have such an impact on it, do you reckon? Because if we can't let go and we can't surrender, we're in a state of fear. If we're not in faith, we're in fear. It's because the opposite of fear is... A lot of people say it's love and I will Mm. not say it's not because I do think it can be love. But for me, it's faith because when I'm in fear and I'm anxious and I'm worrying and I'm gripping on for dear life, there's a level of mistrust there when we can't let go. So the idea is finding faith. It's the hardest bit. Like it is the hardest bit to teach. But the reason it's so important when you pair it with taking action is if you think of everything in the universe, it moves in cycles, right? And this is why I'm so interested in the moon, in the lunar cycle, because it's a really good physical representation that we can see in the sky of something moving through its phases, right? And manifestation will also move through its phases. And what the moon teaches us is that in the first half of the lunar cycle, we go from new moon to full moon. It's in what we call a waxing phase. And this is the stage of the lunar cycle where we take action. And then once it's full, it starts sort of disappearing again. It's waning. And that's when we surrender and we let go. 
We shed. Right? And all cycles are like that. We shed, yeah. It's like you can see it with the sun rising and setting. You can see it with your own breath. You've got the inhale filling you with air and oxygen and life and the exhale letting it go. And I do love that idea of every cycle you get a chance to restart. Right. Get a chance to reassess and work out what's no longer serving you. That's right. Mm. And so what would you, when it comes to, I guess, manifesting something, is there a way that you can tie that in with the moon and the lunar cycle and to really maximize its potential? Yeah. So that's how I started with manifestation. That's why I wrote the book. I used to run these like moon circles in Sydney because I was always interested in the moon. I mean, we just spoke about it when I was growing up. So I always knew about it. And then in my like 20s, my girlfriends would say, what are we doing this moon? And what are we doing that moon? And so I started like an email that I sent around and then the list grew like bigger and bigger and bigger and then started writing these circles. So the idea is it kind of keeps you accountable to your manifestation practice. And because it's a month, there's not so much of this like daily checking in and when do I do this and when do I do that? So the idea is we set intentions on the new moon and in the first, it's roughly 14 days, new moon to full moon, that's when you can take action, take your action steps that are in the manifestation equation. We make sure our thoughts are aligned with the intentions that we've set, we're checking in and we're feeling love and we're feeling abundance and we're feeling all the things we think this new partner is going to bring us. And maybe we hop on a dating app and maybe we go on a few dates and maybe we do all this stuff. And then we get to the full moon and we go, okay, let's check in with that intention. How's it going? What do I need to release? What do I need to let go of? Am I still hung up on a past ex-partner and I just go over and over and in my head? Am <laughs> I? Are there habits that I have or thoughts that I keep having that I need to let go of? Is there a level of me that's trying too hard and gripping too tight and dating people just for the sake of it, even though I know they're not the right person for me? Can I just trust that the right person's going to show up at the right time? It's easy to be disheartened by the whole process when you don't see the results. So what would your advice be? Like, say you have set that intention, you're doing all the things, you're feeling the right vibrations, and then Mr. McDreamy has not come along. Is it doing that? Is it going through going, where are the blockages? It, it is, but it's also having a certain level of faith. So yes, I always say, what are the limiting beliefs? Go through and have a look at what beliefs are blocking this coming through for you and also telling yourself if it's not this at this time it's something better at the perfect time and again that's the surrender piece right it's yes. not i'm doing this wrong it's not i'm not worthy or deserving of this it's not there's something wrong with me it's none of those things it's trusting that everyone is on a different timeline and you're doing everything you can, you're doing your bit, you're having self-awareness and you just keep going. And that's frustrating to hear for people because people want instant gratification, <laughs> yeah. right? I we think all that's do. where people give up. I'm sure I've given up along the way at times. But yeah. there, are, there are also some moments throughout my life where I have seen, you know, the results and I'm like, oh, my God. And I always, oh, I always come back God. to that and I remember. 
But I think it's so easy to just give up when you don't see what you want to see straight away. And on that, I will say I wrote a sequel to that first book where I introduced (laughs) the manifestation equation called Make You Happen. And it builds on that by saying in order to manifest what you want, you first have to recognize that you manifest who you are. So really taking a look at your own self-awareness practice, understanding yourself on all levels, you know, how do I emote? How do I show up in the world? How do I communicate? Who do I identify as? What are my values? Like understanding who you are. How would you advise people to do that? What's the best way to achieving self-awareness? Yeah, I would definitely say read Make You Happen because it will tell you (laughs) everything you need to know. Um, But I think curiosity is the biggest part of it. Like get curious, ask yourself questions. Why do I feel like this? Have I, have I experienced this before? How did I deal with it last time? What could I do differently this time? What worked for me last time? Checking in, like checking in with yourself. How do I, why do I always end up here? You know? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Because I know it's really good to do journaling prompts each month. You know, that's always a really, really good one. Do you have any generic journaling prompts that are really good if someone's listening right now and they want to start doing this check-in yeah. from, from now, what would you recommend? Anything that happens in my life, no matter what it is, the first thing I ask myself is how is this making me feel? Yeah. How, how do I feel? I think, a lot of people, <laughs> I think a lot of people bypass it. Um, and if we go back to astrology, if you have a very heavy air sign chart so like Gemini Libra Aquarius you uh, process everything cerebrally right so everything's through the mind so you might think you're conscious of what you're feeling but you're not you're just thinking your feelings so there's a real effort to actually check in how is this feel like how do I feel the fire signs just take action, right? They also don't check in with their feelings. They can feel really <laughs> passionate about it, maybe a no. little bit frustrated, yeah. but they're just like diving in, not really processing. Earth signs, they're more about the like the physical body, right? And and the physicality and the logic and the material side of it, where the water signs are just feeling everything. But that's the first question I'd ask yourself about anything, no matter what it is. How does this make me feel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then ask yourself, how do I want to feel? And then ask yourself, what am I going to do to get there? You know? And I think that's so, it's so basic, but I think it's steps we all miss in life. That's the action again, the importance of action. What do I actually need to do to achieve this? Yeah. There's beauty in being passive at times when passive is a state of surrender and trust. But unfortunately for many of us, we're (laughs) passive because we're lazy or we don't believe in ourselves or we don't think we're worthy and we don't want to put ourselves forward. So again, it's asking yourself, is this a time to trust and surrender or is this a time for me to take action and make this happen? Where are you on the path of your manifestation at the moment? Are you in a place of contentment or are you, because I feel like we're always somewhere on the journey, right? And like, you're just never at the end. It's, it's a constant line of new things emerging. Right, right. I'm in a few places, I'll mm-hmm. tell you. I had a really rough 2021. It was brutal and it made me question my faith in everything, especially the universe. 
So it took me a while. This is why I wrote Make You Happen because I had to go back to self and rediscover who I was after all this stuff that had happened in 2021. And um, once I could do that, slowly I was able to build up trust in myself again and also trust that I was being supported by the universe because sometimes the universe can teach you some pretty hard lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm also a self-confessed control freak. So I do, I'm really good at taking action. I'm not so good at letting go and surrendering. That is a moment by moment practice for me. So am I in a comfortable place with my manifestation? Yes. In the areas of my life where I feel like I'm worthy and deserving of things um, and I can let go easily because I just trust it's going to be fine. Like work, for example, a breeze. Mm-hmm. There's other areas where I still have to work on things. And that's the other thing that's important to know. You will notice in your life that your self-worth and your ability to manifest are directly correlated. So in the areas where you have a really high level of self-worth, you're going to find it easy. Like you're not even going to have to try. You barely have to manifest it because it all just happens. And in the areas of your life where there's some insecurities or you feel unworthy, you will notice that you get stumped a little bit when it comes to manifestation. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. So that's a key ingredient to the manifestation is that that self-worth. I'm, I'd never tied the two together. Can you apply that in your life in any way? Yep, I think so. Like I probably do have some blocks there with my self-worth after doing things on my own like I was so dependent on a, a co-host and you know the the big glitz and glam that went with that show that I've felt yeah. probably quite lost and not overly confident at times that I'm enough on my own so I think right. that's and and I, I definitely do feel blocks of progression and improvement and all that kind of stuff and success and whatever I don't know I feel like that's all lumped together I have to tell you something. We're going to go back to you for a minute and your natal chart. If you have to. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If we have to talk about me. Um, Your north node, which is, so we've got these lunar nodes in our chart, right? Our south node is this energy we bring in from a past life. It's like unresolved habitual energy. And then we've got our north node, which is our destiny, our karma, our purpose in this lifetime, right? Yeah. Your north node is in Aquarius in the first house. And it's so funny that you just said to me, you know, sort of coming to terms with not having a co-host and going out on my own. That is Aquarius energy. It's no longer needing other people to be part of how you express yourself, learning to express your own individuality, um, giving yourself the opportunity to try new things and mm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel um, like that's a real constant test um, is working out whether I go to what I know and revert to what has worked and I know that I can probably be okay and, and do quite well there or I jump into the unknown. It's constantly that do you jump into the unknown into the more uncomfortable road? And I feel like I'm being pushed that way, but it's almost like there's kind of like this resistance. Yeah, it's your way and it's the way of the future for you and you are the way of the future as well. So Aquarius is all about leading humanity 
towards a better future, basically. It sounds like a lot of pressure. (laughs) Right. But doing it as the leader, it's like I actually wrote down in your notes, no longer being part of a star couple. Like it really is about you being your own person and expressing your own individuality in whatever you do. And also it's quite interesting because Aquarius is all about technology and social media as well. Well, in modern astrology, it wasn't that back in the day, but that's where I, I mean, I don't, I've got, I should check with other astrologers. That's where I put social media now because Aquarius is community and technology, which makes sense. Right. Um, So yeah, that, that's it for you. And it's also, it's your first house. So it's your identity. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That's oh, that's reassuring because yeah, yeah, does. you're on track. You're so on track. <laughs> but it's scary, man. And that's right. I suppose when you're scared and you're when you're feeling like cool, that's actually a good sign quite a lot of the yeah. time. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for joining me today, Jordana. It has been a pleasure to have you on. Oh, what are you working you. on at the moment? Are you writing any more books? Like, what other topics I- are illuminating you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually writing my first fiction book at the moment. Wow. How does that differ to writing your other books? Well, I told you I wrote Make It Happen in Eight Weeks. I wrote Higher Love in like a few months and I wrote Make You Happen in Three Months. I have been writing this bloody fiction for, what is it, March? So 14 months now and I'm nowhere near finished. It's a beast. I chose a really complicated storyline. It's about three timelines that like run alongside each other. So it's not, it wasn't an easy task, uh, but the part of me that likes to get things done and be successful and do things fast is really like floundering at the moment, (laughs) but it's been a, it's been a fun experience and it's going to be a great book. I'm excited about it. Oh my God. Amazing. Oh, well, I really appreciate you taking some of your time to come on the podcast and chat. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. That was Jordana Levine, of course, the host of a number of podcasts, including Higher Love, which is a great listen. Um, And also she's written a number of books. So if you're feeling like you want to manifest some good shit in your life, um, go check her out. I have put in a link in the show description wherever you get your podcast. And um, yeah, let me know what you thought of the app. Dig it, hate it, love it, rate it. Let me know. Um, Hit me up on social as well, the PJ Podcast. You can check out more content there. But in the meantime, have a wonderful rest of your week and I will be back next Wednesday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.